Sonic States. I'll say hello, everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk number 161. This is our post-NAM post-mortem, as is our want. Uh, we're very fortunate that it falls... Uh, well, I wasn't travelling today, and um, I got back last night from the Winter NAM show in Anaheim. Um, just finished on Sunday, and... Um, this is the kind of gathering of people who were involved or viewing. So I'd like to say hello to my guests in the chat room, obviously, uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live. You come and uh, hang out there about 4pm UK time. You can listen to the live stream and also do a bit of live chat, which is always a bit of fun. Anyway, so I uh, hope you've enjoyed that and um, remember to see us here next week. Obviously, there was no show last week because I was actually on an uh, aeroplane mostly, although only just. I must have, it must be said, because the snow transpired to, uh, well, amongst other things, transpired to actually stop us. But uh, fortunately, it was only only an hour late. But anyway, let's say hello to my local guests as well, um, two of which who were at the show and one of it which who was uh, monitoring the show. So I'll start with Dave Robinson, um, because hello. you were at the show, editor of ProSoundNewsEurope.com, man about town. How are you? Hello there. I... Uh I nearly didn't get there either. My plane, uh, I had to be bumped onto the one o'clock flight, which didn't take off till four o'clock um, because they, they spent an hour queuing up to de-ice it and then obviously missed the slot in the uh, in the queue from Heathrow. So it was 6.30 when I arrived in Heathrow and uh, then to get back to the hotel in Anaheim, that's not, it was about 9 p.m. So that meant by that point, I'd been off about 24 hours. So that was that was pretty hard going, and then of course my luggage didn't turn up. Oh no, you got one so, of those. Yeah, so the luggage, didn't, the luggage didn't turn up for another day and a half, um, which is the first time I have to say in in thirty years. Well, I was probably ten when I first flew, um, but in thirty years I've never lost any luggage. And you know, it's it's like breaking an arm or being burgled, isn't it? It's kind of one, it's one of those things that's going to happen to you at some stage. Dave, that must have been um, tough on you because uh, you are well, the man who told me about um, the Vaseline tip for show chafing. <laughs> and after a day and a half, I can only imagine what was going on downstairs. <laughs> I did have a bit of an exhibition. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it did turn up at two a.m. Oh. on the Thursday morning, just as we were going to bed, uh, in the, on the back of a, a Ute, you know, like a, a an open back truck, a couple of a couple of couriers. It didn't look very DHL. It like mom's mom's picked me up to me um, with sort of gun, bungee cords all over the luggage, and um, oh. there's, there's three of us, but only two bags picked, uh, turned up. The third bag turned up on the Sunday morning, half an hour before he left. <laughs> so, so um, we're going to be writing to BA in the next couple of days and demanding some money for shirts and socks and pants that we had to buy. Right. And, well, I'm, anyway. I'm sure you can get away with all that sort of stuff, aren't you? Oh, I, I hope mean, so. That's the way it works. Well, um, Dave Spears, uh, my second Dave, because we are in a double Dave week, I should have some sort of sound effect or jingle to play for that, shouldn't I? <laughs> double Dave. Anyway, uh, Dave Spears, G4 Software, we did see you there also. I didn't see much of you, uh, Dave Robinson. It's, I was saying to Dave Spears earlier before we, we started, it was actually quite, you know, didn't bump into a lot of people, even though no. you usually do. Dave Spears, how was it for you? G4Software.com, of course. It was great, actually. I really enjoyed it. Good. Oh, you you were free, weren't you? You were you weren't there the whole time, basically. That's why. Well, I had I had a couple of things, obviously, that I had to do there. Lots of meetings and stuff like that. But uh, we, my intention was to abscond on the Saturday and Sunday, but actually, we went back on the Saturday. Couldn't so keep just, away. Yeah, no, it was it was really good fun. Actually, I really enjoyed it. Yes, I, I, I must say I did too. And um, although it's funny when people say, how was the show? Was it exciting? I, I sort of now seem to measure it. I guess this is a, just a sign of, um, you know, how long we've been doing it. I measure it in, in how 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 um, right things went rather than anything exciting happened. I just measure it in terms of how little went wrong. Mm. <laughs> you see what I mean? Mm. Which is, I don't know if that's particularly exciting, but there were some exciting Sorry, things there. And um, Dave Spears, of course, g4software.com, um, Dave Robinson, uh, prosoundnewseurope.com, and finally our last guest uh, from Berlin, where I don't know if it's sunny or snowy, is uh, Non-Eric from musotalk.de. How you doing? Fine, and it's dark and snowy. Ah. Everything. Everything. The lights are off. <laughs> and everybody's home. Not yet. Ah, it's, okay. uh, it's, uh, we're too... Um, I was ahead than you guys in the UK. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's why it would be dark. I I guess it would be. So, um, well, I mean, really, there's no agenda uh, or no notes at all for this week, apart from um, its post-NAM. What did everybody make of it? And I suppose, first of all... uh, Sorry, Nick, can I just ask one question, first of all? Is it snowing in Bath? Uh, It was yesterday. I don't know if it is now. Let's have a look. No, not now. It, it snowed a bit this morning, actually, but uh, I think oh, okay. it's passed over. So I, I, um, I, my mum and dad called me today, um, and they're in, they're in Gloucester, and they, they've had to stay in the hotel because it snowed in. Really? So, which is only, you know, 20, 25 miles of the road from you, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're just being old or something. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, the journey up there, um, we decided, because we were supposed to leave, just a bit of background, um, I wasn't sure if I was going at the very last minute because my daughter wasn't very well and we didn't know what was wrong with her. Now we know there was nothing serious and she's okay, but I didn't know that until Tuesday, and then I decided to go on Tuesday, and then the blizzard set in. Mm. And come five o'clock, I phoned Andy and said, I think we're going to have to go tonight. So we, w- because we weren't ready, we had to wait till nine until, you know, we got everything sorted out. So I left Bath at nine o'clock on tuesday night and it was the most extreme driving i've ever done in my life it was Ooh. absolutely terrifying so we we're going up the motorway you know after getting there and that was really scary i put a shovel in the back seat you know i stocked up on food and blankets and stuff just in case because i thought we could get trapped so i'm going along the motorway about 40 miles an hour just really sort of taking it easy and this bloke on a motorbike <laughs> overtook me and went off into the distance <laughs> and i just thought wow that's brave uh, or foolhardy anyway that was <laughs> so that was uh, a bit bizarre um i think was i was going to start with a kind of um how was it for everybody did everybody feel it was uh, we weren't sure how it was going to be when we got there we felt it was going to be this sort of rather dreary and uh you know like messes started to become really wide aisles and hardly anybody there and you know lots of tiny stands compared to the big ones and and to be honest it wasn't like that really there were a couple of notable sort of changes but pretty much everything else was business as usual or at least that's the way it seemed would you tend to agree dave robinson um, yeah, I thought there was a good positive vibe there. Um, I thought it was interesting the way the um, sort of Roland had taken over the um, the arena part of it, rather than being at the far end. Mm. They'd gone, they'd gone sort of, they'd gone from you know the east extremity to the west extremity almost. Yes, um, of, the, of the show. Well, you can only um, take so many years next to the drum hall. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, if you, I don't know whether you have calls to go downstairs into the basement. I did. Which, which and that, there wasn't an awful lot going on there. I thought that was a bit disappointing. Well, it was a which, bit. It was a bit lighter than usual, but not massive. I mean, they usually block up. There was a few empty, um, empty things, but I mean, mostly it wasn't as empty as I was expecting from what people were saying. No. Well, uh, I think they, what they've done is moved people out of there where spaces become available so that the main hall always looks busy, which yeah. is obviously an obvious thing Makes to do. Makes perfect sense. So uh, newcomers and new people, I know there's a company called Mike Tech, M-I-K-T-E-K, which is started by X, I think they were CAD guys, um, and they worked for another mic manufacturer, and they started up their own business, making high-end boutique microphones, your condensers, and there's a, a little shotgun and that, that kind of stuff. Um, and they were down there, but that's the only kind of brand if in the pro market that I recognised. A lot of, you know, a lot of the Chinese manufacturers and, and uh, a lot of the, the smaller guys and, and the guys out of, you know, the middle of Idaho. He said politely, with their, yeah, with their luthiers, little, lots of luthiers down there as well. Wouldn't they? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But there was, and uh, there was also, a stink as well. Did you, know, did you notice how smelly it was? It smelled of wee, quite frankly. Yeah, it was really. <laughs> it was really. It was some homeless people somewhere down there hiding behind the, the, the furniture or something like it that. It smelled it was, like a car park. Yeah, it was uh, it was really stinky. Yes, it was. But, and there was a car down. Did you see the Batmobile? Yeah, I did. I nearly I tried to get someone to take a photo because obviously you I've know. Got, I've got uh, I've got a couple of photos that I could send you of me yeah. with it. Maybe you could oh, superimpose. Yeah, you because know, obviously you know you get the the link there. I don't know what sort of uh, bat, bat. Oh yeah, right. Very good. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you got the um, uh, um, the, the, the tumbleweed? No, no, I don't need it. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saving it for your latest blunder. Oh, okay. Thanks very much. Um, but I can't tell you what the guitars were, the, the guitars that they were selling, just that they had a fabulous back car down there. Yeah. No, it was, uh, I think it was an effects pedals, some sort. Anyway. But, and for, um, for the listeners, it was the old style uh, Adam West style back yeah, but very nice. Beautiful. Uh, there's one thing I must say at this point. I did an interview with... Uh, um, Arjun van der Schoot from uh, Ultiverb, you know, um, Audio Ease, Ultiverb, all that stuff. And he's an avid listener to the podcast. 
And he said um, that he'd actually done, because they do this thing called um, megaphone. No, what's it, megaphone? I've forgotten what it's called now. That's terrible. Speakerphone. Speakerphone. And he's actually modelled a, uh, a a voice sound or a, on you phoning in, Dave, on the phone, over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I thought, I thought you'd like that. <laughs> and uh, he's, a, he's a very witty and dry chap uh, and, uh, but we did a little video of the latest features in Ultraverb 7 which was really a, a very cool I, I must say what, one of the cool things about it I don't use Ultraverb very much but uh, well I don't, I don't have it personally but one thing that was really cool is you can drag a piece of audio onto, um, onto it from the Pro Tools uh, timeline and it will create an impulse response based on you know, whatever's in that little snippet of audio oh, that's a really cool thing for room tone and uh, ADR and all that sort of thing has you got a sort of a Brummie accent on there as well, can I ask? Uh, what do I do? phone in here from, uh, from London. I'm not sure the technology has uh, kind of it's evolved quite that, quite that, yeah, quite that sophisticated, but maybe he'll try it. Maybe he'll um, name it a funny preset. You must, you, must, you must give me the link. I must email the guy and um, thank him for, um, for, for sort of sealing my... Um, <laughs> my skills in perpetuity. Yeah. Well, and, and, and uh, Skype in general. So Hans, from afar, how did you? Yeah. Uh, how did how did it seem to you? I mean, obviously, not all the videos are online. We've got a ton of them. I mean, I reckon we've done over 150 this year. Yeah, thanks. Uh, first of all, Nick, to you and your crew that we were uh, allowed and um, offered to um, to show some of the videos that you did at the show on musictalk.te on our site. Thanks very much. No again. problem. No problem. Hope it. Um, Hope it was worth all the effort for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, from, uh, from a user point of view, I would say the, it was not that exciting. I think probably the most exciting part was Ableton and Serato. Oh, man. Yeah, the, that's awesome. The bridge. The bridge I've got a video going up for that um, tomorrow, in fact. Oh, great. Because uh, I think that is uh, definitely, you know, furthermore, uh, bridging, bridging. <laughs> nice. DJ and music production, which is it's a big, big trend. I mean, the, the really big DJs, every time I go and see Paul Van Dugo or anybody else, they've got two or three laptops, they've got controllers. They're more, they're more uh, making music than just strictly DJing so it's, it's, it's evolving into a live performance and so obviously it makes sense uh, you know to be able to play a live set from a, de- from a, from a turntable yeah. and vice versa awesome awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean I guess that was probably the software of the show for those who perhaps don't know what that is uh, listener wise um, Serato Scratch is it Final Scratch the, the software package there's now an Ableton yeah, button in it that allows you to open up basically a, a small view of Ableton and you can it's kind of like I guess it's a similar sort of rewire vibe but it's even more integrated so you can control Ableton from time coded vinyl or um, uh, you know including tempo and stuff and you can also operate Ableton from within Final Scratch and Ableton users can play along with any vinyl that you're running as well but not only that there's also another function which allows you to record your set as an Ableton Live project file so that when you open it up I mean traditionally what tends to happen you know DJs record their set onto two tracks and then they kind of edit it you know all the crappy bits out whereas what this does allows you to record the two decks plus a pre-fade listen plus all the automation of the crossfader and stuff if you're using something like one of the rain mixers so you can record your entire set and then you can go back and edit out the fluffs but keep the entire but you know or whatever you need to do and and change the automation and keep the entire thing in um well in in, in discrete format that was pretty cool actually i have to say that is a quite uh, a major achievement. I think in general, uh, Ableton is, is, is going strong these days. I mean, you know, with all these new controllers, there's the APC uh, 20, which is basically uh, of APC 40 with, with the, the right part sawn off. Yeah, that's know? the Akai, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, taking it off, and then we've got the Novation launch pad. I mean, from a, from a point of innovation and going forward, I think uh, Ableton, another Berlin company, is really uh, doing it. And we'll be uh, actually starting... Maybe in two or three weeks we'll be start, uh, starting a, um, a ten ten part Ableton workshop, all geared towards using Ableton for DJ. Cool. Nice. And then, uh, 
And then obviously the one thing that really, I mean, it really put uh, sh- uh, shivers down my back was, you know, the Imposca 2, <laughs> all the demo sounds. I mean, abs- I went to the site and listened to this. This is one demo at the end where you say, oh, can't have any more of it. Uh, <laughs> can't show any more. I mean, it's... Oh, the three, the three mean, seconds of res. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and it's amazing to me to actually hear a software synthesizer with that depth of sound and, and you know, just this... I mean, I've always been a big fan, even before I knew you, Dave, uh, because I just felt that it's a different kind of... Yeah, it just sounds so much richer than all the other stuff out there. And I'm, I can't wait for this to come out. Please, soon, Dave. <laughs> oh, should we all have a hug? <laughs> yeah, let's have oh. a hug. Well, um, Dave, you haven't uh, gone with... You. What was the thing from the show that kind of most impressed you? Uh, there were a few things, actually. Uh, certainly the Ableton Serato bridge uh, stuff... Really enjoyed that, and I thought Houston's demos were tops as usual. Of course. Uh, for me, Red Matic, a key map two. Oh, I didn't see that. Ah. I'm a big, big, big fan of key map one, as it were. Is that um, like the auto instrument creation stuff? And does is that what it yeah, does? Yeah, and this new one's got some uh, you know, key map itself in terms of uh, it's got some great new um, looping algorithms and stuff like that. So that's uh, it's going to be very, very useful for me. What does it do? Uh, it's kind of. There, on the original, there were three parts to it. There was the kind of EXS manager where you could manage your stuff more effectively within the EXS24. And then there's a kind of auto sampler, so you can have a external, you know, a MIDI control keyboard. And you can fire off, say, I don't know, 8, 15 seconds to every single note, and then that will come in, map it accordingly and whatnot. And then KeyMap is used really just to map the stuff, layer it, loop it. Uh, and it's brilliant. I mean, he really is, um, Andreas is just superb. And, so is, uh, is, it, is it just for logic, or can I use it with any kind of... No, you can use it with anything, and KeyMap 2 now has stuff for, um, you know, you can output stuff as contact, uh, and I think even, um, you know, for reason refills and stuff like that. So it's really it's really matured, and, you know, I've always, like I say, I've used KeyMap 1 for probably a year or so now, and it's been really robust, regular updates, uh, and he's just a really, really clever guy. Um, other than that, John Bowen synth Solaris was sounding magnificent. Yes, I had a look at that. It did, uh, he did some really. He was doing some demos whereby he was just ch- showing the difference between the filter types, and that was quite. Uh, it gave you the kind of the nuances of the modelling quite nicely. He, went, he switched between an OB, a Moog, and um, an, uh, Curtis, and I thought that was kind of a cool, cool one. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Did you guys see the uh, the, the Duffer booth and the DIY? Yes, I did. I've got a thing for. I've got, uh, that's another video waiting in the queue to process. Oh. So uh, yes, I've got that. I've got. A, I've got. All, I did. I did all the analog guys. I didn't get a chance to do much of Noisebug or any of Noisebug, but I did uh, Big City Music and also Analog Haven. So there's where there was that an awesome, <laughs> if a little expensive Mungo modular. Did you see that one? Mungo oh. modular. It's it's basically about, about the size of a table. Mungo modular. It's a digital synthesizer but it's got full and you know it's fully discrete so four oscillators four envelopes four filters loads of stuff and you patch it all up and you create it like a modular but then you can save the patches and recall them and it's like a big desktop it's, it's a bit like a giant version of one of the old school synths that they used in um, education you know they did a massive ms20 it's kind of like that idea it's really huge and uh it's got an oscillator output as well so you can view what's going on in it's 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 quite it's quite an interesting thing. I mean, it's 12,000... it's a DSP. It's a DSP. Yes, it is. Yeah. 12,000 bucks, mind. Oh, man. But I, I, the, the demo... Uh, well, they didn't do much demoing, but he talked about it. You, uh, I'll, I'll, that'll, that'll be going up tomorrow as well. But, yeah, that's quite awesome. Moon Modular I liked as well. I saw the stickers. Well, it looks like a Moog, doesn't it? It looks like the old Moog um, blackface stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds very cool, actually. Yeah, What's it called? Moon. 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 Yeah. Is there some kind of copyright infringement going on there, or have they got the blessing of the, uh, the, the chaps? Know. I mean, they were just down the road. They were just down the aisle from most. Because in, in my, in, in my um, experience, changing one word, doesn't, one letter, doesn't always uh, make you kind of immune <laughs> from that sort of <laughs> Not thing. Not quite. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> oh, there's just so much to go through. I, but I'd like to just interject now because one of the coolest things that happened to me at the show, and uh, I'm, you can all chip in with your own, was I was walking along to uh, another appointment. This, this guy comes out of me out of a crowd and grabs me and says, hey, hey, you Nick from Sonic State? And proceeded to say how wonderful he thought uh, you know, the podcast was and the videos and the coverage and all that sort of thing. Checks it every day, my favourite site. Look down, Vernon Reed, Living Colour. <laughs> All I did is I went bright red and went blah 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 blah. So you were living colour, were you? Nick? I was. I was living puce, pretty much. I was so. I was so kind of. I was. I was. Gave me the biggest bug of buzz of the show. So I'd like to say um, thank you very much to Vernon for taking the time to make uh, make me feel wanted, and everybody else, of course. So yeah, that was the be- that was the coolest thing that happened to me, Dave Robinson. What was the coolest thing that happened to you? Oh, I was hoping you were going to ask this. <laughs> oh, were you? There were two. There were two moments. Actually, there were three. Because while we were waiting in the lounge to go, um, and we, were, you know, our plane was delayed, Ray Winstone came in, and he Whoa. was sat. He was sat by the drinks in the centre of the, of the business lounge. I don't get to go fly business. We weren't flying business, but my my colleague has access to the lounge. So you, you don't need to know any more than that. But it was, and we could hear him talking. He, and he was going, "Effing this and effing that." Right, I'm afraid I've had five gin and tonics. Sonia's had twelve <laughs> gin and teas. Wow, I'm only going away for three days, and they lose my effing luggage. It was, it was classic. Totally in character. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, we thought he was going over to the Golden Globes, but he flew back on the. Um, he was on the return flight as well, causing a bit of trouble with the. Uh, he was just, you know, he's got this forty-four inch chest film to promote. So, but he was just there. We just kept. We were naming our favourite. You know, when's your effing tool? We're naming our favourite bits of uh, of Ray Winstone um, movies. Um, so there was that. Then um, on the Friday night, we got invited out by Roland. And um, they invite um, a couple of the magazines. <clears throat> and um, this time, a couple of the, the, the big guys at Roland wanted to come with us. And I ended up sitting next to Kondo-san, who is like number three at, at Roland Corporation Japan. And he's, <laughs> we thought, oh, my God, we're going to have to be on our best behavior here. But he was brilliant. He was just, he was just very, uh, just not what you expected at all. We're talking about something. And he goes, you're a geek. You're a papa head. And I went, and I said, yeah, I suppose, um, Peter, he's uh, your geek. <laughs> which, is, which is quite funny. And then I said something um, about, you know, which is your, what do you, um, what, what do you like about the show? And he said, I, what I don't like is, is, is our drum machines. <laughs> he starts doing an impression of a 909. And then, and then I said, oh, what's your, what's your favorite synthesizer? And we start talking about D50s and stuff like that. And he starts doing impressions of the synthesizer. Like bird calls. <laughs> yeah, like filter tweets and yeah, all this kind of stuff. It was just, it was a bit like that. It was just hilarious. And then, what you know, did he my, drink? What did he drink? What, what did he have to drink? Have to drink? We were drinking wine. No, uh, no, no, we were, we were get you in your fancy ways. You know, wine, what's that, 15 bucks a glass in, in <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Jesus. But um, then he, um, my colleague Nick, he starts calling him Captain Nick for no, for no reason at all. You are Captain Nick! <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously Nick now, who's, who's 24 or something like that, is now. Um, at, at the office, we're just calling him Captain Nick all the time because the head of Roland started calling him Captain Nick. It was just brilliant, and it was absolutely brilliant evening. Um, and that, the other thing I was going to say was I met DJ Rap. Okay. At, um, and because um, she was, uh, we'd done something on her in, when I was on Future Music magazine about 14 years ago. We did a spin-off magazine called Spin Cycle, which we, and we only did a couple of editions of it. And then that became iDJ. Oh, yeah, now, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sort of grew into, into sort of a DJ magazine or something like that. Anyway, um, so uh, she, we were talking about uh, what she was doing now, and now she lives in, you know, she had a few hits in the, in the early um, 2000s, something like that, and, um, <clears throat> and late 90s, and now she now lives in L.A., and um, Craig Anston comes along, and, and, you know, he's written all these books about programming DX7 and all this kind of stuff. He's a real synth guru, and, and he knew one of her tracks, and they, to, to hear them talking about, like, he said, oh, I still got on stage, and I'm 60, and I do this, and there was this kind of self-respect between, between this, uh, this um, DJ and, and Craig Anderson. It was all, it's all very weird. It, it was all very sort of, you know, you just wanted to have a big sort of group technology hug again, you know? <laughs> but, um, That's yeah, what NAM is, really, isn't it? 
So, well, exactly. Yeah. So no, it was um, it was there was just some very funny moments, and um, it was it, that's what I love about that. You just about Nam. You just don't know who you're going to meet next, and you can be like you. You can be wandering down an aisle, and and you know you see um, some some guitarist or some keyboard player or something like that, and um, they're just walking up and down. It's what you. It's what we don't tend to have at European shows, which is a great pity. Mm. I have to say. You usually but, you see know. them because the bodyguards are sort of uh, preempt preempt them. Well, there is a bit of that. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. Um, I think this is probably an apt time to do uh, a Yamaha ad, but I suppose I should say um, I did get a chance to check out a couple of things from Yamaha. One of them was the the CP1, which is the the, the flagship of the new piano, and that did sound really, really nice, actually. Uh, and also, I did check out, there was a pocket track, a new pocket, pocket track, a yeah. cu- couple of new pocket tracks, in fact, and they look quite cool. One of them's got really funky um, uh, sort of microphones on it that sort of flip out and tilt and you can do all sorts of cool things so uh, th- this seems like a very good point to actually say thank you very much to yamaha.co.uk for sponsoring the podcast uh, i'd like to say thanks to peter peck who gave me a stepped in and gave me a video demo of the or a presentation it would be fair to say of the pocket tracks um really enjoyed that and um, thanks for looking after me at nam um Basically, um, they would like to tell you about their weekly. Uh, sorry, is it weekly? They would like to tell you about their monthly newsletter, uh, which you can find at yamahadownload.com. Or if you want to do it through Sonic State, we've got a little URL that bounces you to the relevant places. It's Yamaha. It's SonicState.com forward slash Yamaha, and that'll take you to uh, where you can check out the newsletter and uh, subscribe to it uh, well worth doing it's not just a yamaha fest you know you get often get some good informa- information artist interviews and technique and what have you there's also a podcast that's also monthly that i think is worth checking out it's got uh, it's great very nicely produced and again you can get to the link to that from sonicstate.com forward slash yamaha uh it's a monthly one you can download it from itunes or just listen to it on their site and we'd just like to say thank you very much to yamaha.co.uk for their sponsorship of the show it's very much appreciated and uh, long may it continue and we're looking forward to getting hold of some of your stuff to review I did check out the DTX multipad as well because I think we're supposed to be getting one in for review and that was great fun it's kind of very you can play it with sticks or hands so I'm looking forward to checking that out too did you so, see the new Roland um, Octopad? yeah that's awesome really okay. good I really, really did like that. Uh, that's a video, again, queued up for that. Uh, in fact, I wanted to just sort of mention a couple of other products that I really thought were worth mentioning. Uh, the TC Electronic Polytune, although it's uh, it's hard to say that, uh, get excited about guitar tuners, this one's kind of totally radical in that you can just strum your guitar and it'll show you all six strings, whether they're in or out of tune. It just uh, I don't know how the hell it does it, but it's proprietary technology, according to the guy I spoke to. And uh, so you can strum it and it'll... Um, it will tell you which tunes are f- which strings are flat or sharp, so you just you know tweak them in one go. Very very nice. But if you play one note in it, it becomes a chromatic tuner. It's got loads well, of really. It's got to be DNA enabled. Yeah, maybe they've got some Solemony uh, stuff going on in there. Maybe not. That was pretty good, uh, and now that caused a huge stir because it's sort of magic, really. It's one of those, sort of, but it, it's in hardware. Um, Isotope Alloy, I got a great demo of that, which uh, we'll be posting again soon. I really like the look of that; that looks lovely. I know Dave, you've uh, Dave uh, Spears, you've had your hands on that for a bit, haven't you? Yeah, very good. In fact, that's, yeah. that was probably one of my highlights of the show was um, going out to dinner with them, an incredibly cool crew. Yeah, they are very smart, very <laughs> cool. In fact, I'm wearing an Alloy T-shirt at the moment because it's really? the only clean one I've got. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to do my laundry until I got back. Um, what else did I see? Oh, yeah, um, Akai Pete, who's in the uh, chat room, um, has helped out with uh, getting the securing this uh, chat room for us and very much appreciate his work. But he worked on the Akai IPK25, which is actually really cool. It's a little mm-hmm. tiny MIDI controller keyboard. You know, it's like it'll do MIDI. It's got a USB slot, but it's also got a slot for an iPod. So you can plug it in there and you can buy this little Akai app for, I think you buy it, or maybe it's free. I'm not sure. I'd have to check that. But you can um, plug that in and also it allows you to access the synth and all the other controls via the keyboard so you can use it for a little multi-track but it's brilliant brilliant little um little uh, thing that is as well I, I forget how much it costs but again there's a vid probably a video on the website uh coming up or come or has been i haven't had a chance to check everything out i mean as you know I, I basically hit the ground running came in just edited video and then turned the podcast broadcast system on and that's it i haven't really had time to do anything else uh harvestman another great set of modules from harvestman scott yeager is I think he's one of the most interesting synth designers out there at the moment. Really just sort of brilliantly odd digital hybrid stuff that just does some incredible weird 
stuff. So you should check out there. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Altiverb 7 look good. Th- those are my picks, I think, as far as I can tell. But, oh, yes, the Korg Chaosolator Pro. Did anyone see that? Yeah. That is awesome. It's like the big brother of the little yellow chap that uh, Korg very kindly um, gave us a copy each for us to have our um, 100th episode Christmas jam uh. with. And uh, that, there's a pro version, and that is really awesome. It, it, it records to SD, so you can bounce your stuff and then get out discrete loops and uh, use them that way. It syncs to and from MIDI, which is something that the other one didn't. You've got four dedicated and set, four discrete loop tracks that you can build up. Uh, mix control, yeah, just uh, had a lot of fun watching that. Even though uh, I forget the night guy's name, Aaron was his name. He admitted to me that he was a bit hanging and uh, had been out on the party uh, the night before. And uh, he, <laughs> the video, unfortunately, couldn't mask that fact. But he still did a great demo. Yeah, it looked interesting, didn't it? Yeah, that looked really, uh, really cool. I want to get that for um, uh, in. I want to get that in for review as soon as possible. I just thought did, that was Did he awesome. tell you how much, that, how much that's going to cost? I think it was 300 bucks. Right. So I'm not entirely sure what that would translate. I think it might be 300 pounds. I can't, I think, because Ian Bradshaw was there from Korg, who's uh, a great contact over here in the UK, and I think it was 300 quid, but I, I'm not entirely sure, to be perfectly honest. Have to check that. But there's so much of it. I mean, it's it's coming, and there's more coming, and we've just got a ton. For the, uh... Can I? Well, can I ask you a question, Nick? Yes, please. Um, what, what you haven't, what I couldn't see, I was looking through the, the Sonic State videos. You haven't done anything on uh, Melodyne yet on Solemony? No. Well, I don't think there was anything new, was there? Were they just showing what's? Um... Because I, I meant to go and have a fit, uh, get, go and have a look at edit. So I know they've released the editor that's been reviewed in December. There was nothing further here. I didn't check. I did, well, to be honest, I didn't. I watched a couple of demos. I found myself standing by the stand a few times, watching right. people just get jaws drop as they saw it for the first time. And that was really, must have been a great job being the demo guy at Selimini Stand because all you're doing is sort of making people go, what? Wow. You know that they actually put it on a mainstream German television last really? week. Yeah, really? Really? There's a big, big, uh, there's this third program sort of. Where they have like it's called Neues, which is just means new, and they just you know they talk about all the latest and greatest technology and stuff. And they had this at least twenty-five minute long documentation uh, of what it does and talk about the developer and really, really big. That's got to help, hasn't it? Oh. Definitely. Certainly, if you're, if, certainly if you're going to sell shares. A um, couple of things from the chat room. Um, Howling Terror says, did you see the Dave Smith Tetra keyboard? I think he probably means the uh, MoFo keyboard. That was nice. That was my first appointment of the show, actually, Dave Smith. Uh, I went to see him, and he's got... Uh, a, a, what's really cool about this, actually, is it's got discrete controls on the front panel, but you can also hook it up to a Tetra and use it to control the voices on the Tetra, which was kind of one of my only um, criticisms when I did the review, was that there wasn't enough front panel control. So you can get a five voice if you if you hook that up with a mofo keyboard to a tetra you get that all that control and that looked really nice actually and uh, and also Dave told us a little bit about what was going on with the the, the boom chick or whatever it's called now um, they're going to sort of Rogers apparently dealing with that mostly they're going to take a back seat so they realised they made perhaps uh, made, made a mistake by going a little too early with the announcement uh, Dave uh, Spears I'm sure you can appreciate that. <laughs> I just I've, oh, what I've seen on, 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 on their website is that we are looking for an experienced DSP programmer. Good luck. <laughs> oh, really? On the Dave Smith thing? Uh, I think I might have seen a piece of paper up about that. I know who they're using. Yeah, the choice. Yeah. There was a choice, actually. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, yellow or black for the MoFo keyboard. Mm. But I think uh, the, 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 the drum machine, the Lindrum 2, I think, is, I think I also read something where uh, Roger Lynn says, oh, I think we're going to separate the project and it's going to be a lot different and maybe it's not a Dave Smith product, blah, 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 this sort of thing. I think it's going to die. You do? You, do you think they're just going to let it, let it uh, drop? Well, it's got to be a lot of work. I mean, something that complex is surely going to be, you know, an enormous amount of work to deal with. I mean, for, let alone for both of them, but for, for one. I mean, even though Roger's obviously a brilliant designer, you know, resources are resources. He wasn't there, so maybe he was back home just getting on with it. Yeah, I just uh, fixed my, uh, I had my MPC-60 fixed. You know, the backlight died. And, but once you open this sort of old vintage equipment, 
whenever you touch it to try to repair something, usually you can destroy something else. Yeah. I can, I can. So, so the, the display was totally dead after the backlight was working again. And you uh, should have seen my frustrated face, you know, like, like a kid who, whose dad just thrown away his favorite daddy, uh, oh. teddy bear. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's a very sad. That's a, but now it's working again. Uh, well, that's good news. Uh, I, I guess while I'm here, I'd like to say a couple of shout-outs. Like say, um, we'll say a shout-out to Dave Potter, because Dave Potter came over and helped us uh, out at the show. Thank you very much for hanging out. I know there wasn't very much guidance from me, because um, when you get there, it's always a bit uh, hard to kind of focus on anything outside of what you immediately have to do but he did a brilliant job thank you very much dave uh also like to say thank you to james lewin from uh, podcasting news and met him and his lovely wife uh, and they were terribly nice people actually and uh, we just missed matrix synth by a whisker i believe dave spears you managed to uh, hook up with him i did what a supremely cool guy yeah he's In a nice bloke isn't he i i sort of said God damn, you've cost me so much money over the last couple of years because <laughs> I click on that eBay US and eBay UK all the time whenever I go to their site, which is pretty much daily. Just, uh, but yeah, no, very, very cool guy. Like just him. give it up. Maybe you can put a sort of spending limit. Yeah, I don't know. It always <laughs> creeps always up. To hiding, hiding the expenses and payments from the missus. That's usually the biggest problem. Yeah, at yes. least for me. Yes. What is this? <laughs> What is this Oberheim OBX thing here? <laughs> Dave, Dave Robinson, was there anything else? Because you sort of, what circles do you generally move in in, the, in that? Are you kind of in the sound reinforcement? Because I didn't notice there wasn't very much of that going on this year. Yeah, because we really you have that in the arena, don't they? Yeah, um, we, we're sort of uh, talking to, you know, we've got meetings with some of the American brands, but it is the, the, the higher end stuff and it's the microphones. And so I, I'm more on the shore, the shore stands and, you know, that kind of stuff than, um, than some of the more geeky stuff. I mean, I would, sorry, geeky, I mean that in a good way. I mean, I got called a geek by the head of Roland, so I'm allowed to say that. Um, but, you know, I would love to go around and play with, with some of these synths and things, but uh, I just don't have time. I had about a 15-minute window when I went into the Roland Hall and had a bash on the new, um, is it the HD1, the new starter drum kit, which is, uh, which oh, is very nice. So I, I had a bit of a play on that. And, um, but, you know, I don't, get, I don't get a lot of chance to play with these, uh, play with all the, all the nice toys. But what, what I did see, which was... Um, which is very interesting, was the MyMix. Did you see that? I didn't get to go and see that. Andy shot that, uh, which is, again, in the video queue. So I haven't actually seen it in person because we had to split up and you know, yeah. to get all the stuff done. But I well, like the is, look of it. Tell me, yeah, tell well, me. This is a new um, personal monitoring system, and it's a company that's been set up by a guy called Matthias von Heidekamp, who was head of Dynacord EV, Electric Voice, um, Europe and uh, he's he's gone he's been gone sort of three years for them and he travelled the world and came back and was looking for niches in the market and uh, he started this company and you've seen you know there's the Roland I think it's the M48 personal mixer and of course there's the Avion A16 um, for bands you know hook it up and you adjust the monitor levels for all the different members in the band well it's his solution to that and it's going to be about $500 so I don't know how much that will be in the UK maybe 400 quid or something like that and um, it's a network personal mixing system and multi-track recorder. Allow, and I'm reading what it says here from the uh, the press release. It allows up to eight independent stereo mixes through through any output device you choose: headphones, monitors, in ears. Uses an intuitive name-based interface, a very smart, very smart-looking um, LCD display, um, and it's got a built-in um, recorder that will record to uh, uh, up to 32 gigabytes of um, of SD card. So you could actually use it as, as a playback as well, a record and playback for things like karaoke or for, for just, you know, uh, for playing back for, uh, rehearsals, you know, when not everybody's there. Right. Uh-huh. And it, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just very cool. It's very nicely thought out. It's made with expensive components, and it's got, a, it's got an expensive look about it. So that's why, you know, it's 500 quid. But um, it's, that, that was very impressive. Um, and it was something that seemed to be kind of new and, and innovative, but there was actually hardware, if you see what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, so that was, I mean, and that was a real, um, that was very interesting. The other thing was over a radial, radial engineering. Um, this guy, Peter, Peter Janis, who's a Canadian guy, makes kind of um, uh, mic pre's and um, API Series 500 um, units and this kind of stuff. Um, and he's just, uh, he makes a prime acoustic um, 
sound, um, uh, you know, dampening, acoustic foam type stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, he's just come up with some really clever ideas. Like, he's got these little... <clears throat> he's got these little gloves that you put around your um, uh, the mics you, that you put on your drum kit, so on your snare mic or your uh, your, um, uh, your tom mic, and you put them over there so it eliminates any leakage from the from the crash cymbals or the ride cymbals, and they just it's just kind of really clever thinking. You know, so you use stuff with acoustic properties, oh, right? Okay. Yeah, it's just, but it, it stuff's really simple. I mean, these kind of acoustic legs, acoustic slippers, sounds a bit crazy. <laughs> acoustic slippers. Acoustic slippers. <laughs> sounds like an April Fool's joke, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> go and get the acoustic slippers. <clears throat> but you, you put them on a, on a, a mic stand, and uh, if you're in a if you're on a gig or you're if you're on stage or you're in a kind of an environment where people are moving around then they, it will soak up the noise and the vibrations from, um, from other players so it doesn't translate to your, to your microphone stand. It's just kind of simple ideas like that. And, and the, the sort where you look at it and, and you saw that's so, so simple but so brilliant. Yeah, there were a couple no, of good ones. That, well, actually, there's always nice to sort of see those little uh, doodars. We got, I think we filmed something with, uh, I forget the name of the company, but it was basically a wooden acoustic guitar stand that folds up into a tiny amount that fits into a little car, um, pack under the under the neck in the case and you just sort of shake it open and it just kind of adjusts and it's all made of wood it, that looked really good i'm just trying to think of the other things i mean there's so much stuff there that you kind of don't normally get to see because it just it, you know it hasn't got distributorship or whatever and that's one of the cool things about now I, mean, I think um i'm trying to think what the best thing was well i suppose um there was a fu- there was a valve amp that was that you could change the valves from in real time, so you could plug any old valves in that you wanted. It didn't have a valve output stage, so that any ch- when you changed any of the valves, it made the amp sound completely different characteristics. So I thought that was quite a good idea. Assuming it, you've got a whole bunch of valves lying around. Well, yeah, I suppose you probably buy a bunch of valves with it and a pair of asbestos gloves, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What was um, the other thing that was interesting from uh, from having seen your videos? I just went through the Sonic State stuff. Um, the last couple of hours before we came on. That Swarmatron, what's that all about? Yeah, I don't know, really. I mean, that was Big City Music, and uh, Josh Humphrey was very kind to show us around. The Swarmatron was the... It was just... A, it's like an art piece. There's only two in the world, hmm. and it's a four-oscillator thing with sort of rubbery touch pads, touch slider things. I, I, to be honest, I don't know. He said, don't know what it is, don't know what it does. It's hard to tune, but it's lovely. It was basically the gist of it. But right. there was a few things. That was actually... Um, there was the Joe Mox, uh, new Joe Mox drum on there as well, which was called, I think it was the One to One Brain. I think, I forget what it's called. Hans, do you remember what that was called? No, I've seen it here somewhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, sadly, I, I, it's almost this too much this year. I mean, n- normally, you know, I've got, because I film a great deal of it myself, I've got a lot of it in my head, but I just haven't had time to go through it all yet because we've only just got back. Um wonder if there was anything there was some oh teenager engineering did anyone get to see the op1 because they had oh, yeah. that actually in the flesh they had a new controller today i sort of walked past it's not a new controller it, this is the sort of 21st century uh, casio vl tone kind of concept and that was actually there and i know remember last time we saw it which i think was at mesa i was sort of fairly sure that it was just a ruse to sort of get them work um you know uh, the sort of work that Axel Hartman usually gets in terms of designing synths but this is actually working and you know I can vouch for it um so you know it's basically um real I've got a video again queued up ready to to render which should be up there tomorrow so Hans you can stick that on your site as well if you want yes ready for it um well you know what strikes me Nick if I may interrupt of course one thing is lacking. I mean, like in the good old days, we'd always be at the Apple booth. Was there an Apple booth? Logic? <coughs> anything new? Hey. No. Well, they just, just don't do it. They don't. They've stopped doing shows, and that's yeah, that's kind of shame. that's kind of it, isn't it? It kind of it's really all... disappeared in in many ways because they're not advertising uh, for their audio products, not in the magazines, not mm. online, nowhere. They're doing virtually FA. Well, I'm supposing that it, they, they've got other things on their mind, you know, like this tablet thing that's supposed to be coming out, and all the various other bits and bobs, I mean, and and the mobile phone market. I mean, they're not they're, they're not quiet. They're just not doing much in terms of audio, are they? That was I tell you one one thing, guys. That was interesting was the number of I must have counted about five or six apps 
somebody saying, hey, look, we've got this bit of kit and we've got this app that you can download um, and do it remotely. And to the point where, where you, you almost people, you're almost asking people, hey, have you got an app? You know, tell me about it. Well, <laughs> me, we, me with my, we with my Nokia phone. Hey, dude, what's your app, man? Yeah, there was a lot of that, wasn't there? This is when, when, uh, when everybody else is making so much money for Apple, why do they need to bother? I mean, why do they need to, de- to bother de- developing um, a soundtrack or whatever it's called? Uh, they don't, you know. don't they? I mean, it's nothing Well, really then again, I know, I know people who played with Logic 9 think it's absolutely brilliant. Well, it is. I mean, to be fair, it's a great improvement. Yeah. Great improvement. At least they're still doing something. But um, when they, what was the statistic I read um, the other week? Three billion downloads. And um, from iTunes, and they own ninety nine point four percent of of the app market. There was a couple of other noticeable um, uh, emissions, which I, I, while I kind of remember, because my brain is leaping about all over the place, because I am uh, more jet lagged than I initially thought. Um, East West weren't there, which was a real shame because I wanted to hook up with Nick Phoenix, because that's my sort of you know, it's always one, another one of those things that seems to be. Uh, event that uh, I had to miss out. They weren't there, and Euphonics, didn't see them either. No, they weren't there. But, um, but on the, on the uh, sound design, Spectrasonics were there with a seemed to have a very big booth. They did. In fact, we uh, shot, uh, they very kindly, they, they called us over, asked us to, um, to to come over and film something, and we got a, a, an audience with Eric, which is very unusual, because he doesn't, he, this, he didn't do that many. And they filmed a five-camera setup for us as well, so Andy went over and filmed Eric, sort of, one-to-one and they did all these other cameras but they were using these incredibly expensive and sort of un- uniquely uneditable um, Canon X5DS cameras and it looks absolutely beautiful but it's in a format that um, we, we haven't been able to fathom how to get to the bottom of so that's Wait, that's another Canon? thing that's on the uh, I think it's Canon X5DS which is like a uh, it's an SLR, you know, it's a very high res. Oh, uh, 5D Mark II. Yeah, I think that's it. Andy was very I've excited about playing it. Playing around with that, actually, Nick. Have you? And the footage is unbelievable. I mean, it's like so much better than any you can do the depth of field stuff. I did some stuff here with my kid, and it just looks like a real film. Yeah. But yeah. my MacBook Pro can't play well, it back. <laughs> play it back, and I just got this, new, and I just upgraded my my video PC uh, from a quad core whatever two point six to an i core seven three point two gigahertz with SAS hard drives and twelve gig of RAM, and now it plays back. Oh, really? Yes, that's <laughs> useful. But you can't edit it. Yeah. you need to transcode it um well uh, this week this this time of course i'm um, just uh, I, I was filming in hd for a change and i think it looks an awful lot better or it will do when i've dropped the higher res files back into the into the system and of course we were using i'd like to say thank you to zoom for the uh the sponsorship of the video they gave us uh ha- three zoom h4ns which uh, i know i've talked about before but i've got my hands on them, and they are just awesome for the shows i have to say they really just every single feature on it i've been using pretty much absolutely brilliant so uh, thanks to zoom uk for handing over three of those and we all use them so that's why the audio sounds so fab and we're so together dave mm. when you did your when you're doing your demos were you on the avid booth i was yes because that's something nick didn't did you notice the way that and i'll be careful what i say here <laughs> the way that avid had made an appearance it, the, the booth was almost invisible to me it was it was more of a meeting place, I think, wasn't it? It wasn't. It was less of a sort of demo station. There was a few bits and bobs, but it was, it was mostly huge last year. Yeah, it was nothing like the size of the, the show last year. They were the, they were probably the single biggest change of you know, apart from not being there. You know, their booth was tiny by comparison, so it was probably a third the size of it was mm. before and it was mostly down to just people being able to sit down and meet and all of that sort of thing and uh, and we did but um yes i agree it, it was the, the the biggest difference we were fielding questions pretty much constantly because the mate you know it's like what's going on what's going on and really all it was is that they made a conscious decision i think it came from very high up the food chain that there was a conscious decision that actually the focus was going to be on dealers and not having people pouring over bits of kit constantly so that all the displays were just static uh you know i had to do a couple of demos there uh 
actually, I have to say thank you very much to Nick and his team because uh, we had a bit of a power outage halfway through. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which was a kind of, if you look at the Imposca video, I actually start in one location and finish in and another. And you finish in that room, yeah. <laughs> which was quite entertaining because <laughs> uh, there was no kind of workable power near us at that particular moment. Um, Our continuity uh, officer had a fit. Yeah. It was quite no, but it was beautifully edited. I, I, it's only when I've told people they seem to have noticed. Well, that's that, thanks to Simon. Simon's the guy. Good one. Well, there's Simon. so much, there's so much love here today, guys, isn't there? Well, you know what? I mean, well, you know what it's like. I mean, you go and do the show. <laughs> it's you and your your sales executive or whoever it is, your publisher or whatever. Yeah. And with us, so it's, it's kind not of a publisher. no, it's no, not your publisher. So, um, whereas we go and do the show, and we've got a, a team on the. We had five people on the show floor. Wow. We also had three people back here doing stuff. You know, I mean, it's a lot of people involved and a lot of coordination and a lot of workflows to make sure that work, that we get them right, uh, which we didn't quite, which is why you haven't quite seen the, the enormous number of videos sort of so soon. But, I mean, it was, it's very complicated because now we've got three different kinds of cameras outputting different kinds of footage. It's just a bit of a sort of a bit of a minefield of tech, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff to deal with. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, um, yeah, thanks to all the team that were involved, you know who you are. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, sorry, I've just gone off on a tangent and I've forgotten where I started from. So can somebody remind well, I was, me? I was, I was going to say, were they doing demos on, on, were they doing any kind of demos on the Avid food? They weren't really, were no, they? No, I went over it was, to it was a little bit for 11. Yeah. I went over to, I think it was, uh, it was one of the, um, publishing stands who were doing, uh, Hal Leonard, was it Hal Leonard? I think it was mm. Hal Leonard, where they, what, they've, what they've done is they've got a bundle where you can buy all of the AIR instruments uh, as a separate bundle, and they're being distributed to all the mom and pop stores via Hal Leonard. They're very excited about that, and I've got a little presentation on that. Uh, so uh, that's, that was kind of what I was exposed to there, you know, in terms of what we could, what they wanted to show. But I didn't get, there wasn't much else, you know, we didn't get a walkthrough of new products. I don't think they really announced anything new there, did they? Uh, no, just a, I mean, there was a lot design. of... No, I was just going to say this, that you know there was a lot of kind of rumor, rumors flying around. Are they in trouble and all the rest of it? And I can, I can say this because it's public domain. Uh, I don't think they are. Uh, from what I heard, they have a hundred million in the bank and they have no debt. So I would say, out of everybody, they are not in trouble. No, that doesn't sound. But like I think trouble it was just a real conscious effort to kind of you know get away from the kind of mayhem. That, I mean, last year was very very expensive, and it was a bit like a zoo at times. And I think this year they just kind of went right. Okay, it's distributors, dealers, uh, and kind of hang everything else. Hmm. Uh, from my well, point of view, I was really, I, I was kind of happy actually because you didn't have to do the stand thing. Yeah. yeah, I was in shackled to a booth, first time in a long long time. Well, we had a very long discussion on our last uh, podcast here uh, on Music Talk uh, about the uh, about uh, trade fairs and their importance in the modern age in general. And I think uh, many companies are probably still holding back, not going to the shows because they fear that there will be rumors like, "Oh, it must be close to bankrupt. They have no they have no booth at Musikmesse. What's happening?" It's very funny. I spoke to a lot of people, a lot of companies who said that actually it's becoming less and less relevant now. It's more of a kind of posturing exercise and that they will release things when they want to release things. You know, they don't kind of need this sort of trade show massive announcements anymore. Which it isn't because, I mean, it's the guys like Nick were out there, you know, collecting all the bits of data and distributing it to the world. And sometimes even uh, some of the hottest news are already out uh, in the net yeah. even before the show doors open. So, <laughs> you know, it's not that it's not that the timing is... I mean, you could release on a full-scale uh, product any time of the year because you, you've got all these the possibilities to communicate via yeah. the net, release well, I'm, these I'd, videos and stuff like that. I, I mean, I firmly believe that they'll be done fairly short, shortly. And I think if, if there are any manufacturers listening and wondering what to do, what I would do is get yourself set up with a little video setup. You know, not we're not talking about a studio, but just a, maybe a camera or two, a decent bit of sound kit, and you know, just figure out how to do um, screencasts and broadcasts over Skype. And then next time, you know, you can just I can make an appointment with you and just come and you can show me the gear. I can be involved and in saying, right, does it do this? Does it do that? You know, tell me a bit more about this. I see this button here. What does it do? And that's going to be, you know, by far and away the, the most cost efficient way of doing it in the end. I, yeah. Can I uh, interject here? 
Of course you may, Dave. <laughs> it's only 50 cents. <laughs> 75 cents from me. Um, oh. I, 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 I disagree to a certain extent because I think there's only so much you can do it. There, there is a lot more... Um, webcam video conferencing and we we know that and one of the magazines we do here installation europe deals with a lot of that issue but i have to say i, I know of at least uh four trade shows four or five trade shows that have closed that have been cancelled this year uh just this week we heard there's something called Showway, which is a big international expo in italy very much for the italian um, MI and and the pro markets, you know the musical instrument people and the and the professional markets. It was cancelled during during the Nam show. Um, that was all that was all you know ready to go ahead, but they've cancelled it because the, um, the 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 exhibitors didn't want it because they they can't afford to go it, to it during this recession. Um, I think what you'll find is that there is a consolidation rather than shows being over. And the number of people that we talk to in, our, in the ProSound News capacity that's saying, yeah, we've got something, but it's going to be a Frankfurt. Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Frankfurt. So, I mean, Frankfurt goes from strength to strength. You think? And they, they, it's they, the most they, expensive show on earth, though. I mean, Well, I think there's another one in Adele's Court, which I won't mention, that, that is more expensive. I think the price is a, is a major problem. I mean, we're not denying... Uh, that it's good to go out there and uh, meet your customers, talk to your dealers, talk to your distributors. But the, the costs are so enormous, and I think it's we, we're seeing that cost and what it's worth just doesn't seem to match any longer. Well, yeah. yes, but you, you, you only go to these central shows. You go to something like Plaza uh, in, in September, or you go to Frankfurt, no, or you know, you'll go to um, you'll go to Nam. One of the reasons you go to Nam is because it's it's California and the sunshine, you know, as well as as well as meeting a lot of people. But I mean, you you guys must must agree. There seem to be an awful lot of tire kickers at Nam. There seems to be a lot of people who you're thinking this is a trade show. Well, yeah, I do wonder why they have a load of artists sort of signing yeah, stuff. What the hell's that got to do with it? Yeah, well, you've got all these kind of the kids whose who's, who's mom and dad run a music shop but might be the next door neighbour or something like that. You're thinking, you're not really a dealer, are you? You're not really a pro. You're just somebody who's got a ticket. There, mm. there seems to be a lot more of that at NAMM um, th- than there is at somewhere like Frankfurt, you know? Yeah, so, well, Frankfurt's got public days as well. It does but, have a public um, day, because, but then you know what you're getting. But just th- there seems to be, you, you know, if you came into if you came into Nam from the outside and you didn't know that it was a trade show, you'd think it was perhaps a public show. The number of freaky looking people walking around, cowboy boots, <laughs> cowboy boots everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's kind of rocker chic, you know, and sort of, uh, I, I, I just, uh, it was comical, the number of people that got, you know, hey, uh, hey, Mary, come on, put, dress up like a, dress up like a prostitute, and I'm going to not wash, and put a, put a, a spinal tap wig on, and we'll go and walk around the NAMM show. Yeah, that's a great idea, Bob, let's do that. And wait a minute, I'll just put my breasts right out as well, so everybody can think that I'm a cheap whore. Modern way of time travel. Oh, that's so derogatory, Dave. <laughs> so dare you? How dare you? I mean, that's the thing that keeps me going at the show. <laughs> Actually, the funniest thing I saw was um, there's, there's, uh, what's taken over from mullets is weird beards, I think. And there's a yeah, guy, there's there a lot was, of those, isn't there? There was a guy with a beard that was kind of um, pointy with sort of elastic bands on it. So it kind of, it looked like... Uh, even more. And so when he talked, it just wiggled around in a really amusing way. And it just, <laughs> just made me laugh a lot. I couldn't, I couldn't really pay attention to anything else apart from the end of his beard, which was flapping up think, now. I'm, I'm sure Dave will agree... Dave, someone like you and what you do with your business, you could get away with video conferencing, but once or twice a year to actually meet face to face with people and just to kind of shoot the breeze and have a drink and, and that. But there's nothing. You could, do it, there's no- you could do it somewhere else. I mean, like DigiDesign is doing a sh- uh, on, in February here in Germany. They're doing a big three or four stop show, you know, with producers, hands on section, workshops, everything at a fraction of the cost of what they would spend at NAM or anything. So mm. they're, they're obviously going to the people in, mm. in, in, in a place choice. where you don't need to pay five euros for a currywurst or a, or but even, a even Even that, I think, is still, is still expensive. But I agree. I mean, I think it's important to get together and meet people, and it definitely makes a difference, particularly where you have things that, particularly in the guitar world, where the tactile experience of feeling what they're like, the responsiveness, the sort of, you can't beat hands-on. People can show you stuff, and you go, ooh, that's impressive. And you can design a demo so that it is impressive, but it, it, you, can't, you, you can't get 
all of that across. I mean, one of the things that um, that we got, um, Chappers, who's our AMPT correspondent, he did a br- I've just again, it's in the video queue, be coming soon. The new there's a there's a new uh, Mesa Boogie kind of micro amp, really small, beautiful thing, really hot product. I mean, just amazing. It's kind of like the Night Chain or the uh, Tiny Terror, the Orange Tiny Terror, and that sounds and feels and you know he played it and you could tell that it sounded great. You know, and it's you can't beat that unless you get to the store to try it out. And a lot of the time. It's not going to be in the store, is it? So you need somebody to be able to convey that stuff. And it, that, on mass, the only real cheap way to do it, I guess, is a, is a trade show. Maybe stories. Stuff- <clears throat> For me, it's stories. And I'll, t- and I'll give you two instances. Uh, first of all, a mate of mine is working with Morris Hayes. So he introduces me to Morris Hayes. And Morris Hayes tells me a story about P. Diddy using the oddity. And that's something I would not have had had I not have been at the show. Right. Uh, also things like uh, uh, Dave Gamson's a mate and I was walking around with him and we bump into the old scritty politi drummer Fred Mayer who turns out he's in partnership with Steve Garth with this Obedia thing again all these kind of connections and stuff like that I bumped into Niels Larsen who was um, hey. them audio years yeah who I've known for a hundred years but now I get to talk to him about what he's doing now you know it's those yeah. kind of, it's the connection vibe which is always good and the stories are always good yeah, worth well, it for that. Here, 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 here. I would, uh, and uh, David, like to say thank you very much for the uh, marvelous uh, tequila experience on Saturday night. Um, blue ones <laughs> they were, and they were very nice. Very, very <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, t- to be fair, you know, we've now. I think this show has brought us, certainly from our point of view, much more content than we've ever had before. We've got lots and lots and lots of it coming. So please stay tuned to sonicstate.com forward slash news uh, and just see how much there is. We're going to try and kind of, you know, keep it coming because it's going to take me a while to get through this stuff. Andy and Chappers are still in the US. Uh, they're, they're on sort of. Uh, other other business over there um so it's down to me to uh, get on with it when i get back and i'm sure there's probably about 50 or 60 videos that i haven't edited yet wow so uh, is that the ending the ending uh, ceremony has started i suppose it? it could be it did sound a bit like that didn't it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah I, so i suppose we could end it couldn't we and i'll say uh, well thank you very much to uh, everybody in the chat room for hanging out with us. thanks to everybody who came and uh, said hello at nam um you are legion there were many of you who just uh, said hi thank you very much uh, and a big hello to vernon reed um because um, that, that's the coolest <laughs> thing that happened to me. And He's I just telling wanted... a story about you, about meeting you, Nick, probably. Oh, I do hope so. But <laughs> hopefully his uh, his will be on something like uh, ABC News or Fox or something like that. Hey, I met this guy, uh, Dick, Dick Bat. <laughs> yeah, from... <laughs> probably. Yeah, no, I think he got my name right, at least. But um, So, yeah, thanks to everybody who, uh, who, who we said hello to. Uh, thanks to all this team that made it possible. And thanks to everybody in the chat room this week. Uh, very kind of you to come along. I know there wasn't much of a sort of uh, pre-warning, but uh, we'll be there next week uh back usual service will be uh resumed and thank you to all my guests here i know uh, dave robinson you've probably got to shoot because you only get the I'm, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking out to the end now i'm nearly there oh you're nearly there well dave robinson pro sound news europe thank you for joining us this thank week you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you were able to share your nam experiences with us and uh, that's prosoundnewseurope.com where you can li- you can watch his uh well read in fact his uh, uh, brilliant digital edition When's the post-NAM digital edition, or did you do it before well, we've got you went? Some, we've got some stuff up there at the moment, but it's you know the more the more high-end stuff, and we will have um, the actual uh, post-MAG will go online on something like February the 3rd, which is halfway through the ISE show, another trade show, which is growing, <laughs> which is in Amsterdam in uh, two weeks. Well, I hope you have a lovely time while you're there. I kind of got about, I'd like to go and do it again, I must say. I kind of felt like everything, we got everything right this time. It went very, went very fast this time, I think. It yeah, very, very me. busy. Well, anyway, uh, and also thank you to Dave Spears from G4 Software. Appreciate uh, you coming, coming out of your uh, jet-lagged fog to join us as well. Thank you very much. Uh, do you want to hear about my two low points? Oh, go on then. Are they broadcastable? Uh, vaguely, yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> let's hear them. So on the Sunday, we drove up the one, like you suggested, which was all very nice, and we eventually got to Santa Monica, and I said to Chris, and it was raining, and I said to Chris, come on, let's go down the pier, you know, have a walk. So we go and get a coffee in one of the coffee shops on the pier, and I come outside, and it's raining, so I'm, under, I'm standing under an umbrella, and I lit a cigarette, whereupon somebody said, 
you can't do that. You have to go to the smoking bit. And I asked the question whether that was undercover or not, but I'd actually put my cigarette out in the process, whereupon a security guard comes up to me and starts telling me that I can't smoke, whereupon I pointed to the cigarette and said, uh, actually, I'm not smoking. And he said, well, you are technically. And I said, but you have shoes on and you're not walking technically, are you? Which was a bit of an error. Uh, did uh, he pull his gun out? deviated from the plan it was pretty close i was close to a 250 dollar fine on the spot (laughs) 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 to which point chris said go on fine him and walked off laughing uh and the second low point was leaving my passport on the plane and then having to go to immigration and wait for a while while they searched the plane which was hilarious really because i was sat in the and and as a result of this i will never ever moan about um u.s immigration anymore because the uk immigration for non-eu passport holders is brutal and there are no niceties involved so i was earwigging that for about an hour uh, so that was pretty hilarious oh god yeah well no, I, I i left my passport in the uh in the the we, we went to hire a car uh, or andy and uh, chappers went to hire a car and they gave me a lift to the mall so i could get some speed shopping in to take some gifts back to uh, my family and uh, i said oh no i've left my passport in the luggage at the uh, hotel got out of the car chappers looked under the seat and said oh what's this and it was my passport which would have been left in the taxi <laughs> so i'd like to thank chappers personally for uh, saving my trip home because that would have just been I'd, oh, i don't know what you'd have to go through to get out of the country with no passport It'd be a bloody nightmare so anyway and also so we'll say thank you to uh, non-Eric from musotalk.de where um, you can also watch some of uh, the selected highlights of our videos as well as many other things uh, in the music production vein. Uh, obviously it's German language but you get the gist of it, at least I find I do. So uh, thank you very much Hans for joining us this week. You're welcome Nick. You're always a firm favour, anytime. It's always nice to have you back. We should have All more right. of you. People <laughs> okay. are always saying, where's Hans? And I go, he's, uh, bu- he's busy. Busy, busy. Chucking out one show after the other. That's right. Chop them out. Right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And, um, yeah, that's Sonic Talk number 161. Oh, and we say thank you to Yamaha.co.uk for being sponsors of the show.